Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Just checking in. Phil Swanson here. Awesome episode today. I got Linda Matthew on the line, and we were just having a conversation, actually just connecting, and had such a great one. Wanted to record and post some of it for the podcast this week. So hope you enjoy. Here is the episode GLE number 18 with Linda Matthew. So tell me a little bit, Linda, about uh, mentorship Maven and Mentor Cloud. Okay. Well, I came, I came to Mentor Cloud through a rather circuitous route. Um, I'm Calgary born and, and raised, so it's the Houston of the North, as you know. And um, I've worked in the petroleum industry, the energy industry, for 38 years. And what I noticed the last few years is I went back in the summers to consult um, I spend my winters in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, that I was seeing so many of my peers aged, say, 45 plus being let go in droves. And I was seeing the people who were left being left with no one to turn to for mentorship, guidance, or wisdom. And the people who were being let go, being let go, feeling that they were worth less. Not worthless, but worth less. So it occurred to me that I needed to create a global mentorship platform, not just for petroleum, but for all industries, because I was seeing this trend happening pervasively, Mm -hmm. where people of tenure, simply because they cost more money, were being let go, and people were being hired and tasked with bigger responsibilities because they cost less, Mm -hmm. and deemed to add more value. So it just it just occurred to me that it was a really necessary piece. So I was looking at software that could support my vision. Part of that due diligence, we were in Silicon Valley visiting my partner's uh, family. And um, I set up a meeting with Ravi Gunlakali, who's the founder and visionary behind Mentor Cloud. And everything he's created was what I envisioned. And so... Two things came out of that meeting. One, I learned that he was creating a global mentorship platform, so I would be in direct competition with him, which I quickly determined I did not want to be. (laughs) And the second realization that I had upon meeting him, based on his passion and his vision, his integrity, is that I wanted to work with him. So for the last four years, I've been doing exactly that. Wow. So, yeah. It's been really exciting, and, and I've been able to do that from wherever I am in the world. So I still spend time, of course, in Alberta and in New York, California, and then our home in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So, Wow, that's an incredible story. Absolutely incredible. Well, the, uh, it's interesting to hear the mentorship piece. I know we oftentimes, either officially or unofficially, you know, many of us seek out mentors. We have sort of a mentorship program for young engineers at, at TC Energy, which is the, the right. company I work for. Um, right. And so you see, you know, you see individuals that value mentorship and I guess emphasize mentorship in different areas of their lives, sometimes their corporate career or sometimes, you know, their faith background or, or what have you. So that, that's really amazing to hear that you saw such an emphasis and need for it, not only 
you know, in, in corporate, but what, what all umbrella does this mentor cloud cover? Like what, what's your target sort of customer, I guess. We're, we're speaking with and working with corporations, obviously. Uh, also not-for-profits, so we're doing some extraordinary work, for example, with YPO and EO worldwide, uh, 125,000 members in YPO alone, um, as well as not-for-profits, which is an educational entity. So uh, schools like IESC out of Spain, which is one of the biggest business schools in the world, they're using it to keep their alumni connected. And um, so they're using it for, for both career enhancement as well as as just strengthening that that bond back to the school. So instead of just providing, how do I put it, students, when they come out of a university, tend to feel like they're being treated like an ATM. So every year, the only time you hear from them is when they're looking for more money, right? <laughs> so what IESC and other institutions that we've been dealing with is they're saying it's time that we gave back more. It's, it's time that we supported our, our alum and it, it was really exciting. We, we just had a conversation with IESC about how they handled COVID and the support structure that was in place among their 50,000 alumni, which it's pretty impressive. You know, people are feeling pretty isolated, pretty frightened, pretty alone. And when you have the strength of connection, particularly one with one as we're doing right now, it's, it's a very powerful thing. It, it helps lift people and carry people from feeling isolated to being able to work through inspiration and finally, you know, impact. So it's, it's been a really beautiful journey. Now, when I looked at, at your background, TC Energy, by the way, when it was TransCanada, mm -hmm. um, I went to high school with the, one of the former presidents of TransCanada, okay. uh, Hal Quigley, who is just... Yep. He's just, pardon my English, he's a kick-ass guy. And, um, yeah, he's, he a, always he's has, a famous name in the, in the TransCanada world. Of course he is, and he should be. He's really kind of the uh, Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary, poster child. And, I mean, when I was, I mean, I knew him all through basically high school. But beyond that, uh, he was working for a company I was working with, um, Dome Petroleum. I was working out of a city called Red Deer, Alberta, and he was working out of Rocky Mountain House. And Rocky Mountain House from Calgary, where he was doing his MBA, there was no such thing as distance learning then, is he was driving in two nights a week to do his, his master's wow. uh, of business. I mean, he's just the most extraordinarily driven, great guy, I have to say. He, it was just, it's always been a pleasure to know how. And, um, it's amazing meeting people like that where you're just like blown away, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to have watched his his career tra trajectory from like back in high school mm -hmm. to where he's gone on to just touch and inspire so many lives, it's it's pretty impressive. So anyway, I have a huge love for TransCanada because of Hal and know lots of people that are there. Tell me about your journey because you could not be in a position with your attitude. I loved what you said that you were a, an engineer by discipline, but a leader by action. And I love that. I may have paraphrased it incorrectly, but I love that. Yeah. You must have had good mentors in your life. 
I did. I, I was blessed to have really wonderful parents and grow up in a great Christian home with, with great uh, mentors and my parents. Um, also had very strong extended family that was a blessing to me. Um, one thing that I noticed when I was going through high school, I was a three-sport captain. And, um, you know, I two-year captain at university. I just always ended up being in these leadership roles and, and um, always did a lot of things. So um, I also was a bigger stature individual. And sometimes people of higher stature, you know, you see a lot of CEOs that end up being sort of a taller stature individual. And I think sometimes people see that and look to that as a, uh, as a leader, just by your, by nature of your stature. Um, so I ended up falling into a lot of those roles. And I, I remember having a conversation with my mother and uh, father back in high school and just saying um, it was related to football. And right. I just didn't want to be a vocal leader. You know, I wanted, I was a lead by example, work hard. I was athletic. I was fairly successful. But, uh, you know, the, the coach was asking us captains for a vocal leader to step up and do more talking. And I remember my parents telling me, you need to be whatever the team needs you to be. And if they need a vocal leader and you can be that, then you need to step up and be that. And um, it always just kind of stuck with me. So I ended up doing that more and more in different ways and just naturally found myself trying to meet those needs of whatever group I was a part of. You know, I would see that they needed something. And even though that wasn't my natural tendency – it was the best thing for that group. So that's kind of how my leadership journey started. And then mm-hmm. getting to TC Energy, I always knew my dad was a, a civil engineer, worked in energy. My older brother was a civil engineer, worked in energy. I ended up getting a civil engineering degree. Working in energy. And uh, so, you know, through that, I had a great great career at trans canada now tc energy can't say enough right. good things about that company fantastic it's been awesome great people you know i echo your some of your sentiments from from those you've known at tc mm-hmm. and um through my time there i just you know i i knew that i had opportunities to impact tc every day in every conversation in every meeting there's, there's always opportunities to influence the culture of a company in a good direction. And um, with this Go Lead Everything movement, I really wanted to take my impact beyond just one company. I, I thought I had more to offer. I thought I had the ability based on my history with speaking and, and being a leader. And um, some of the people I knew in my life, I wanted to share them with the world because they've had a huge positive influence on me so it's really it's been just a matter of kind of a passion project of mine just to share the great resources that I've had with a broader audience and and bring them value any way I can that's wonderful it's really commendable um you know you're really young to sort of stepped into that 40,000 foot view if you will Right, because it is. A lot of people are still sitting at the 4,000-foot view sure. at, at your age. And, and I think your mom's advice, your parents' advice was stunningly brilliant, saying, you know, in response to whatever's being asked of you, you, you need to respond. You need to do that. And, uh, and that's amazing advice. I thought so, too. And 
I struggle because you hear some people would say one of the most powerful things successful people can do is say no to certain things and really protect their time. And I think um, that's where I've kind of, you know, the go lead everything. Mantra mm-hmm. Often is confused with do everything. You know, you have to go do everything. That's not the message. It's lead in those areas that you have opportunities to lead in. And that doesn't mean you don't choose to maybe say no to an opportunity. Um, right. But uh, yeah, just, I always like to clarify that point because I think that one's often confused. It's like, Oh, you know, you got to be really good at one thing first because, because you don't want to get involved in a bunch of areas. It's like, well, you know, you can be good at a lot of things, but yeah, you got to focus, you got to prioritize. Um, but I just think there's so many, like if you're sitting in a conversation, you're sitting in a big group, and you're like, man, I wish somebody would step up and say that, you know, say something right now. I think that's God telling you to step up and say something, you know? And say something. I agree with and, you. And that's, that's really the go lead everything mantra is, you know, when you're called and you have that, uh, that calling to lead, go for it. Go lead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I read recently, I mean, there's so many books on leadership, but one of the, the books that honestly really really impacted me because i just loved his philosophy it's so in alignment with mine is max dupree um the art of leadership i think it's called i should remember but max dupree was the head of um herman group furniture or what, what was it um i should remember herman miller is the name of the company and uh, max dupree stepped into it as a, as a family uh, inheritance, but what an extraordinary leader, just the way he talked about, treated his people. And, and that to me exemplifies what leadership should be. It's, it's, you know, being listening, it's being empathetic, it's being all of those things, especially now through COVID. Tell me what your experience has been about COVID and TC Energy, your own personal experience as, as a young leader. How have you found? It's been a very interesting time, Linda. Um, Unprecedented, as you know. I think there's many challenges. I'm facing quite a bit at at my church as well. You know, I'm the president of my congregation at church. And so Mm -hmm. we've got our little task force. Trump's got his little task force and TC Energy, I know, has their executive task force and they're they're trying to make day-to-day game time decisions, the best things they can for the organization. And it's it's challenging, right? Because every, you know, as you, as you know, maybe as a leader and uh, any other leader would know, you're, you're always going to be questioned. Every decision you make is there's going to be people that support you or disagree or think you should have done something differently. Um, and I think what's important right now is really just to make sure your motivation's right and make sure you're doing the best thing for your people. And where it's been really challenging is, you know, as much as we'd all love to go back to the office and I've struggled with this, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes. Like, well, what, what decision would I make if I was CEO of TC energy and um, you know, the, the type of office environment where you're still in your office and every time you get up, you have to throw a mask on and you can't even meet in meeting rooms. You know, when I see, when I hear that, it's like, well, we might as well be working from home still. And I think TC is kind of taking, 
they've kind of taken that approach of, well, hey, let's, you know, we're still functioning well as an organization. Our, the projects are still moving. Things are still moving. Let's go slow and take it easy. And, uh, you know, not necessarily rush to get back to something when things aren't necessarily going poorly. A, a guy at uh, TC likes the uh, statement. He, he's become well known for this statement. Don't rush to failure. And um, I think they're kind of embodying that, that statement um, and not rushing to failure. Good. I'm pleased to hear that. I, I think that's wise. That's really astute. I, I'm seeing, you know, I mean, I, I know Texas is, you know, really, really getting nailed with COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're seeing hotspots all over the country. We're seeing a spiking happening here in Mexico. Canada's contained it pretty well, I think, because we have a national health program and we, we put on some national breaks that protected its people. Mm -hmm. One of the things, I'd love your opinion on this. One of the things that I see a true leader doing is to unify, not dividing. And, and I think it saddens me to see the lack of leadership in so many areas that we look around to because we're seeing division and we're seeing people sitting in, in opposition when we should be unified. It, it breaks my heart, actually, to see sure. how divided the world is. It's not just the United States. It's not just, you know, it's, it's everywhere we're seeing mm -hmm. this whole chasm of, of opinion and, and we've lost sight of what's really important yeah i the the key word you kind of stuck out to me is opinion and i i really uh in the last several years i've grown fond of gary vaynerchuk's material i don't know if you're familiar with gary v i'll look him up yeah mixed reviews he's 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 an interesting guy but um He's one of those guys that says everybody only has about one year of content. So if you've been listening to me for more than a year, you know, you're not getting it. So, you know, um, this is kind of a funny perspective, but he uses the word perspective a lot. And I love the word perspective. I, I think we all are just coming from our own perspective, right? And, and uh, very limited. Our, each individual's perspective is very narrow. And he talks about, how uh, even the five people, the three, four, five people, your brother, your mom, your sister, even those closest people to you, they don't even really know you if you think about it. Like how well do they really know you? And so he mentions in one of his videos that, you know, you don't know me and that means that I don't know you. And so who am I to really judge? And I thought that was really interesting perspective that, you know, I, I find comfort if my motivation, and I know in my heart, my motivation's right. And that's, that's where I really get comfortable in my decision-making because we're right. not perfect and we're not, we're not always going to make the right decision. And, and the world is always gray, right? It's, it's really not right. Yeah. So, you know, right. I totally agree. You know, I would love for everybody to be unified, but the truth also does divide. And so depending on, you know, which side you're leaning or what, you know, what your source of truth is, there's gonna, there's always going to be division. But uh, I do agree that a good leader really kind of cuts through to what's right and has the right motivation towards the best thing for the people. And um, 
you know, hopefully we can get leaders that are, you know, have a good motivation like that. But uh, you never know what someone's motivation is, right? Well, it's true. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And your comment about families not even really knowing us, it's really true because you'll see, or I've, you know, sort of observed that in families, wherever you are in sort of the, the birth order, whatever, if you're the baby, you're always going to sort of be looked at as the baby. And it doesn't matter what you've accomplished or whatever, you sort of always fit into that right. familial role, right? And, and it's, it's just interesting how those, those roles stay with us for life, regardless of who we've grown and become. It's, have, it's interesting. I have a story for that. I was a bullpen catcher my freshman okay. year of college. Right. I was redshirted. So I, I came from a high school all-star, played every game, you know, always on the field to, hey, you're going to sit out a year and just practice, right? And then, uh, oh, by the way, you're going to be the bullpen catcher and carry the balls and carry the bags. But you get to travel with the team, you know. Who? Um, so very, you know, kind of humbling experience, right? And um, what I realized there – yeah. Is I kind of got labeled as this bullpen catcher. I was kind of like bullpen catcher Phil. And I, I became very cognizant of labels because, you know, w- once you yes. get a label, it's very hard to break that label. And it's really just reputation. It's really, you know, your, your brand. You'll hear people talk about personal brand. It's just your reputation. And so that was another reason for, you know, really pursuing Go Lead Everything was, you know, I wanted the world to know that Phil Swanson was more than corporate Phil at TC Energy. Not that that's bad, you know. No, not that I love TC bad, Energy. But there's, but there's just but there's, you know, there's more to to Phil than just you know. I do projects at TC Energy, and um, exactly. you know, I think we're so quick to label ourselves on this is my job. Hey, what do you do? Oh, well, you know, I'm an engineer. But people are a lot more than just an engineer. You know, they're a father, a mother, a brother, a person at their church, serving in their community. Sure. So, you know, I just think, I think we're too quick to label and uh, labels matter. Labels do matter because they stick just as you said. It's really, really Now, one of the things, I think one of the really great positives that we've seen, are we running, how are we for time? I don't mean to monopolize you. I'm pretty open for the next few minutes. So if you want to go a little long, that's fine. Okay. Um, one of the things that I think is a tremendous positive of COVID is, you know, here I am looking at your beautiful guitars. Clearly music matters to you. And that's a piece of you that I, if I knew you as corporate TC, Phil, or if I knew you just as go lead everything, I wouldn't know that about you. So we have this sort of look into people's personal lives and see a depth that we haven't ever had an opportunity to have. We know so little about the people that we work with. And I right. think we've, we've had an opportunity to get to know people on a more personal level because all of a sudden their families and their dogs and their cats. And I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. It's not just in your office. And, and I think that's a really beautiful piece of what's happened through COVID is opening the doors to realizing there's a whole life person behind Bill Swanson or Linda Matthew or whomever, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, really I, I love that. I, I totally agree. And it's funny how uncomfortable it was to turn on your, at least it was for me, to flick on my video with coworkers and let them, let them see into my personal life like that. And still to this day, I'm, 
I'm probably one of the few that actually is turning my camera on in many meetings. Just really? So the there's on just the, the profile picture or whatever. Yeah, it's either just a profile picture or just their uh, their letters. I mean, some people turn them on, but I would say it's the, the majority of people keep their cameras off still, which is interesting. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, in, in my opinion. It's just, uh, I do agree, though. It is kind of cool because like some, some people will be like holding their infant baby, you know, and they're on a conference call. But that's, that's the nature of the situation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really quite special. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm curious, what do you see ahead for yourself? Like you, you obviously have a huge career ahead of you. Do you think you'll stay in the Houston area? What, what do you see as your future? Yeah. I'm curious. When I was getting interviewed at Trans Canada back in 2012, I got the, the stereotypical interview question, where do you see yourself in five years? And I responded, well, five years ago, I didn't see myself sitting here. And I probably, whatever I tell you today, won't be there in five years. Anyway. So I could, I could share all sorts of things and I have definitely have high aspirations in, in all sorts of areas, but uh, I have no clue where I'm going to be in five years. Isn't that great? And I love the, the fact that's another thing that I think COVID has brought us is more fluidity, more adaptability, more flexibility. Oh, and, sure. you know, where we have very structured career plans, life plans, guess what? In, the, in a nanosecond, that can all shift. And it's out of our control. There's not that much within our control anymore other than how we approach things. You asked me, in your, when you reached out to me on LinkedIn, you asked me what the most successful people at TC Energy are doing in leading and supporting people. I'm yeah. curious from what you've seen around the industry or, or what you're doing, what, where do you see leaders being the most successful in leading and supporting their people? Oh, thank you for asking that, Phil, because I think what, what I've garnered in many conversations from corporations, from not-for-profits and academic institutions academia generally the clear the clear message that comes through loud and clear is communication that we need transparent leadership we need leadership that's vulnerable that's prepared to tell people they don't have all the answers but you know they're they're searching to find answers they're looking to their people to provide some of that input it's a two-way dialogue not a one-way that they're brave and, and they're bold in their leadership, that people are looking for that strength. So communication is the number one that I'm hearing as, as the most effective um, method. And I think the other is just literally putting people first. Like we can have all the corporate goals we want, but unless you look after your people, there's nothing going to come I love that. I love that. I want to turn my, my uh, computer around to look at my other screen, but I typed up kind of a short list for you in case. Uh, oh, how nice. No, no. And, and uh, I just lost my screen here. But number one on there was communication for sure. And my grandma used to say communication at best is poor. And that has stuck with me. And we, we try so hard to communicate well 
seven times, seven different ways. It's so difficult to effectively so communicate. I love that you interviewed both of your grandmas on your podcast. I thought that did, was did you so listen to those episodes? I haven't oh, listened to them yet. Most no. popular episodes. Really? <laughs> yeah, my uh, my grandmas are wonderful. I'm thrilled that I'm still able to spend time with them. Oh yeah. What a blessing. And the other quote I, I really liked when you said focusing on people. And I think one of the ways I think we can be way more effective as leaders is making sure that we're trying to change situations and not people. Because you can't change people, but you can put people in situations where they can be successful. And, uh, right. you know, sometimes you do have to make people changes, as we all know. But, um, you know, talking the book Good to Great, I'm sure you're familiar with I've heard that title before. They talk about getting yeah. the right people on the bus and the and the wrong people off the bus, and then the right yeah. people on the bus need to be in the right seats. And all too often, where I see organizational failures is not because you have the wrong people on the bus; you got the wrong people maybe in the wrong seats on the bus. And so I I think just making sure you know your people, you understand what's motivating them. Too few times do leaders reach out and, and ask their people, how do you want me to communicate with you? Exactly. You know, I've never, I don't know anybody, and, and this isn't bashing anybody because we have, you know, we have great leaders, but very few people have ever asked me, hey, Phil, how would you want me to communicate with you? Right. you know, and I've, in fairness, only asked a couple people that too, but, you know, just something as simple as understanding how people want to be communicated with. And, and TC Energy's actually asked us that through COVID, through surveys. They've, they've asked us about frequency of communication. They've asked us about methodology of communication. And so I'm, I'm loving seeing some of that strong leadership um, in my corporate role. And um, I think it's, it's having an impact on people too, to, to you know, just have their opinion asked. What, what do y'all think we could do? Exactly. No, no, it makes a huge difference. Actually, I just, I had that conversation with, with my partner, Ron. He actually teaches tennis in the Hamptons to some of, some of the most influential people in the world. And uh, he, he's a really interesting guy, but he's, he's literally archaic in his technological, you know, he's, he just has not adopted. So he is a Luddite. Mm -hmm. Pure and simple, love to death, but he's a Luddite. And, um, he was saying one day, one of his clients actually was Jess Staley, who's the CEO of Barclays, was texting him about you know, a tennis gig. And he and Jess have been friends for years. And Ron was going to pick up the phone. I said, honey, he's telling you that he wants you to text. Right? He doesn't want you to call him. He said, but I call. I said, that's you. You need to think about how your clients want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And Jess has already told you that that is by text. That's wonderful. So, <laughs> But, but it's true, and, and, yeah. and, and it's so important to just say, Phil, how would you like me to communicate with you? Are you a webinar? Like, do you want me to mm -hmm. do Zoom calls with you? Do you want phone calls? Do you want emails? Like, how do you want me to communicate with you so that you're feeling you're most comfortable and contributory to the organization, to everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've even had guys say, hey, don't call me out of the blue. Text me and ask me if I'm available. And unless it's an emergency, you can call me. But if it's not an emergency, just text me and say, hey, you know, call me when you're free and I'll call you. And I'm like, nice. oh, okay, you know. 
that's what you want. I can do that. It's no big deal. It's, uh, no big deal. Definitely so know different. your people. Yeah, no, no. And, and we're all different. Um, mm. We're all different, but that's how we succeed. And, and I think, I think if you're aware of that as a leader, if you're listening, that's the other thing, listening. You well, know, and you said earlier, right? Right. So you said earlier, um, we have all our corporate goals and mm -hmm. the focus on the people. I think it's very easy in today's society with how stretched thin companies are and how we're trying to optimize every little bit. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're stretched pretty thin and mm -hmm. leaders have a lot on their plate. And so it's challenging to say, I'm going to make my people a priority, even though I have these hundred other things going on and making sure that they're, you know, they're delegating effectively, training their people so they can delegate effectively. They're so important. Otherwise leaders get bogged down. It's like, it's almost like they don't have time for their people, but it's, it's really, um, you, you can't have that as an excuse. I don't think as a, as a leader. No, no, I agree. Otherwise, you know, you're losing sight of what your true priorities are. There's no sure. question. Sure. No question. So this has been such an enjoyable discussion. I have enjoyed meeting you so much. Yeah. Pleasure meeting you, Linda. I'm glad you, glad you reached out. Now, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and, and what you're doing at MentorCloud? Oh, thank you. Yeah. MentorCloud.com. So www.mentorcloud.com. And I wanted to mention to you, we started two new projects over the course of the past year. One is WE, which is Women Entrepreneurs, which, you know, really promoting women in their success. But the other one, which I think you'll really enjoy, this is Mentor Moms. And it's, it's literally that our very first mentors are our mothers um, and fathers, but our mothers have more influence as we're younger uh, from infants through to, you know, early stages. And so we, we've begun this sort of project where we're interviewing moms, just like you interviewed your grandmas, because um, they've had such a profound and, and holistic impact on our lives. It's literally changed the fabric of who you are. Mm -hmm. And some great stories, because truly great people have probably had truly great mothers, parents, mm -hmm. that very first exposure to mentorship has been profoundly impactful. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun project for the, the company to sort of dip their, their toes into, which, which is really fun. That's so very cool. Check out the I think, yeah, you, you'll enjoy it, especially after seeing, you know, that you've interviewed your grandma, and I will be listening to those Yeah, I definitely will, and I definitely will. Well, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm glad we could schedule time. This has been great. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating, follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at PhilipSwanson, and for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go lead everything.